Hello, everyone, and welcome to broadcast number 82 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show that airs bi-weekly on Saturdays at noon U.S. Central Time to help you keep up with the ever-evolving world of indie game development, debate about issues in the indie game scene, and to let you into the mind of some of the most interesting people behind the creation of indie games. Today is, man, July 22nd. The last time we went live was last October. It's been a long time. Today, I'll be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the Midwest United States. And with me, I have a co-host, Mike. You want to introduce yourself? I'm Mike from the East Coast. And then we've got someone all the way over on the other side of the pond from Norway. Hey, hey, everyone. Hello, 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 hello. Is this on? Testing, testing, one, two. (laughs) (laughs) We've got sound designer Martin. You know, Americans would probably say Kvale, but it's it's probably pronounced closer to Kvale, right? Yeah, you can say koala. It's also very cuter. So I usually say that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're going to deviate a bit from the, the standard. There's been a lot of news since October, so we're just kind of going to talk about a few things. And by a few things, I mean one thing that I found particularly interesting is all the stuff that Yo-Yo Games has been doing recently. So they're expanding the Game Maker platform. And not only do they have the tiers that they previously had, but they have some new tiers that allow schools to purchase uh, educational licenses um, as well as developers to get a step above uh, the Master Collection, which allows them to publish for consoles such as PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, and that's, that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, I don't think there's too many uh, game events coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Um, are there any happening in Europe that I'm completely unaware of? Um, I think there's a Gamescom fairly soon. They've uh, developed in uh, Brighton, England, which is happening. Hmm. Um, that I'm aware of, those are the ones. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, so um, now that we're done with the the expansive news we're gonna we're gonna jump into chatting with uh, martin about all the stuff he does so martin what are some of the projects you've worked on how how many can you list off off the top of your head um well uh, gunner uh since you mentioned Tato, also like i'm a bit nervous following Tato because he's a good talker uh knowing that i'm right after him in in your like lists oh that's, that's scary Oh, no, you're doing uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, um, uh, Hidden Fox uh, worked with Adrian De Jong and Sylvan on that. Uh, and as well, uh, an indie hit a few years ago called Among the Sleep. Um, I also worked on uh, a penis game uh, called uh, Genital Jousting. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a classic. Um, and uh, two seconds. I'm... I literally just came home from a car ride, so it's, uh, yeah, a few others, like, I worked on a few bigger projects, like Dreamfall Chapters, Tesla Grad, um, Fun Run, if you're into casual mobile gaming, um, yeah, oh, oh yeah, Owlboy, which also came out uh, mm-hmm. last year, October. Oh, Owlboy, that's good, mm-hmm. very good. There you go. Um, and then did you also mention um, Fugle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, Fugul, uh, which is upcoming soon, I think, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, IGF nominee last year, uh, Progress to 100, 
and uh, keyboard sports. Keyboard sports. Keyboard yes. sports. Wow, that's that's a longer list than than I was able to find. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have I have a list myself that I'm trying to keep updated with, but it's I think this is mostly up to speed. Oh man. So let's jump back to the beginning. What what got you into um, you know well first off what got you into wanting to do sound design and then that, was that directly tied into wanting to do games as well or did that did that come about at a later stage? Hmm. Um, I think like mainly I I was pretty interested in doing music and I sort of was always afraid to study that until after high school. And uh, after that, I went into like this kind of uh, free year we have in Norway. We can kind of do a bit whatever. So I went to mm-hmm. uh, one year kind of boarding school out in the middle of nowhere uh, to study music production. And uh, and after that, I kind of boarding school. I was kind of going back to thinking, oh, I need, now I need to, you know, start my life and study something that I can live off from the rest of my life. So I started studying English literature and. Um, also like a kind of technology slash uh, sociology bachelor, which was kind of a waste of time. But at the same time I was studying, uh, I was doing uh, student radio, which was super fun. I was, uh, you know, being the engineer and also sound designing, putting together jingles, uh, live broadcasting. So yeah, it was was, was super nice. And then after a while, like after two years of studying at the university, um, actually I think my dad took me aside and like, hey, it's kind of clear that, you know, you you have this one thing you really want to do and these other studies aren't really doing enough for you so you should totally follow uh this thing you're really wanting to do which was kind of scary because i always imagined being uh, like a sound designer or uh, something like that would be just or a musician it's just like okay i i will have no money for the rest of my life you know like i, I can never <laughs> i will always live at the cheapest possible uh place and i will just yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of just always imagined that you can't really live from that. So it was kind of, I was really afraid to do that choice, but I did it in the end. It um, definitely looks like it's paid off for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it was sort of, I went, actually, I moved all the way to Australia to study sound because a friend of mine had told me about this kind of nice school in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it just enabled me to kind of focus for a, for two years uh and uh yeah learn the craft in a way uh, so when i came back to norway i i sort of had uh, a confidence that i could do sound design which was when i started doing among the sleep very shortly after hmm. so that's in short i think the the way yeah so um and uh that was in 2012 summer and uh among the sleep released in 2014 and since then i've been doing the follow-up or at least like the next game from Quillbytes mainly and a lot of other games on the side oh man that's so cool Mm. so i've noticed that a lot of the games that you've uh, worked on have been uh, local projects uh in norway um what do you Mm. think of the norwegian game scene um where's where's kind of the hot spot uh so I think there's a few different areas that is definitely fuller than others. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, I want to mention Hamar, which is like uh, it's one of the Olympic cities from when Norway had uh, 
the Olympics. Mm -hmm. It's basically a very small town that um, has an okay education. And uh, after 2008, every year, uh, some people uh, basically got the bachelors and they started the game company. So after a while, there were like four or five different game companies there. And they mm -hmm. kind of decided to uh, form a collective, a Hammer Game Collective. And um, so that's sort of like the tightest uh, group of game developers in Norway. I think that there's about six or seven game developing teams now. Everything from um, like casual mobile rhythm games to uh, what is that kind of uh, game called again, where you sort of just flit trying to control your arms and legs and you just fail. Oh, quads. Yeah, co like a co-op style game. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a game called Manuel Samuel, which I worked on, which is like a co-op meets Monkey Island. It's so like the humor <laughs> of Monkey Island meeting co-op, which is really funny. Uh, and yeah, Among the Sleep, a few like uh, two-player games like Shadow Puppeteer and uh, a MOBA game called... Um, um, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm bad with names. But yeah, a lot of good uh, games. And, that, and then you have Bergen, which is... Uh, the city that produced Tesla Grad and uh, recently World to the West and also Owlboy, which uh, yeah. just came out and come out within the last six, uh, within the last year. Uh, they also have uh, quite a few other good uh, teams over there, like Henchman and Goon, and uh, basically it's, it's also like another membership place. And then it's uh, Oslo, of course, which has uh, uh, Funcom, which have done you know Age of Conan. Anarchy Online, uh, The Longest Journey, Dreamful Chapters, which I did a little bit of work on. Um, although, although Dreamful Chapters was uh, made by Red Thread, which is like a branch of Funcom that kind of went off and did their own thing. Uh, yeah, and those are it. And I, I mean, there's a lot of... Basically, if you've ever seen the map of Norway, it's a lot of nothing and a few houses. So it's a lot of kind of smaller villages that has like nothing happening in it. Uh, I know this game developer up in Svalbard, which is as north as you can possibly come without being at the North Pole. Um, there's also like a lot of good initiatives around like there's a bar called Work Work in a town called Trondheim that's starting up and they're basically trying to finance whatever money they get from that bar into back into producing games. Which is like a nice circular economy, actually, because like the game developers, they will sit there, they will work at this like uh, co-op space, then they'll go down, they'll buy beer, which is basically funding themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Hmm. So that's pretty much Norway these days. That's, that's Norway in a nutshell, guys. That's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, yeah, uh, I've looked at, at some maps before. Tron time is... is uh really far up there that's that's the one you were saying was basically by the north pole right oh no no that's uh Svalbard. it's even further like it's an island way way oh whoa even more so like wow. yes s-v-a-l-b-r-b-a-r-d so if you look like at norway then go north of norway and then north 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 again then you'll see like this place called Svalbard, which is like uh, it's like norway plus one more norway up north <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, and you also have like uh, the the developer. You know the uh -huh. you mentioned the game Fugel, Lord Fugel, right? Uh huh. So he's based around Oslo, but me and him and a few others, we just bought an airport uh, in the middle of the ocean outside of Norway. So I, I guess you can say like there's also a few developers on islands around Norway. Wait, 
Can you repeat that? I, I heard yes. we just bought an airport. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we just bought an airport uh, outside the Norwegian coast uh, to make it like it into like an artist residency, uh, Northern Lights Observatory. It's just like on the by the Arctic Circle, so it's it's beautiful Northern Lights there most of the uh, dark uh, the winter and uh, beautiful the midnight sun uh, most of the summer. I'm still wrapping my head around bought an airport. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. It's it's, it's like a, an abandoned airport that didn't really work too well. But mm -hmm. the airport's still there. There's still a few buildings, and it's pro probably the most beautiful uh, nature and mountains you've ever seen. Uh, uh, so we basically, twenty people said like, "Hey, we should buy this uh, airport here because it's on sale, and make it into a nice uh, nice thing." It's called Varaya. And it's basically outside Lofoten, which is like this peninsula away from Norway. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. <laughs> Man, I so, think that's I mean, like indie indie dream goals now is like be successful, buy an airport. <laughs> I think that's yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're doing you're doing the right stuff. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like, I mean, it. it they pitched it to me as like, do you want to join in this? And for me, it was just like, that's, that sounds like a very fun idea. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's just do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's, it's probably, uh, there's of course like game companies that I've forgotten, but uh, mm -hmm. in those big, it's, it's not, it's not as many game companies as let's say Sweden, which is our neighbor or Denmark. We don't have like a limbo in Norway. We don't have like a dice um but uh it's, it's a very nice and close-knit community i find mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's what you need um like at the beginning to really stem up something uh you know substantial like if you have a weak core at the beginning then nothing ever will come but yeah exactly you need to like start building in at some point like uh like People say and it's like the water will flow uh, i mean the water of creativity i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> it's time to build something good i guess <laughs> yep so we just brought up sweden it seems like a good good transition to uh goner which yes is your second most recent project that you've worked on that's been released right because oh, hell, hell no no <laughs> no 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 uh i think uh, i know it's the so last fall, uh -huh. uh, of various uh, because of various reasons, I ended up releasing six games in six weeks. I think Scanner was oh. the first one. <laughs> so it's like it's probably like my eighth get the eighth games ago, right now. Okay, I was completely off then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, Gunner was released first for Steam, but of course it was just released for Switch right now. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's the most recent. But that's like a re-release, right? And we're looking at like the original release date. Oh yeah, I'm looking first. at the original uh, yeah. release back in October. No, no. After that, there's been keyboard sports. There's been genital jousting. There's been hidden folks. Uh, there's been accounting VR, Owlboy, uh, and uh, and then uh, Manuel Samuel. Man, my my internal calendar is completely messed up then because i thought genital jousting and owlboy came out last august yes no they came out last october uh, right uh, around the time gunner came out okay mm. 
Yeah. I think Elway came out the first of November. Okay. Oh, you know what? I do remember that now. Because yeah, I remember it was November first, and it was like, whoa, that's that's right here. It's happening. It's actually coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really close. <laughs> but uh, okay. oh, it's such a good game. Yeah, mm-hmm. Owlboy is funny because it's one of those games that I've actually it's an it's an indie game that I had recommended to me by a bunch of people that aren't really into the scene and everything. So it sort of broke sort of broke out into the mainstream a little bit. I saw it on uh, Oni Plays, a channel that I like to watch. They played it, so it definitely got out there. That was that was definitely a success from what I've seen. Yeah, no, definitely. Like they've they've done really well, but it's also, I mean. Uh, I don't know if you ever tried it, but uh, like it's it's not a spoiler at all. But I, I kind of the first time I tried it, like the opening sequence, the first five seconds, it was just like this splash screen, and then it got black, and it came like this text, and the music started, and I I was like goosebumps started racing <laughs> from my head, and I had no I've never heard about the game before even, so uh, absolutely, it, I, it was it's a really special game I feel. Yeah, very very good. Yeah. So, at which point in the project did you get did you get brought on, and like how how did you meet them or they meet you? So yeah, I, I probably wasn't even born when it started. Like <laughs> it's been in development for like what a hundred years or something. Hundred ten. No, let's let's not let's not sell it short. Yeah, I think they started in two thousand and eight or something. So uh, I started games in two thousand twelve thirteen, and I got to know uh, them like a bit by bit since we're in the same country and we meet in some of the same mm-hmm. uh, expos and such things. Um, but I came on, I think, one and a half years before, um, where I made, made like one of the gunners uh, pea shooter gun sounds. And after that, I sort of became more and more uh, involved as, uh, like, I kind of, the thing with that game was like that, they have an amazing uh, team of programmers and game artists, and uh, and uh, of course uh, Simon, this, uh, the pic- the pixel guy. But mm-hmm. uh, and they had a great composer, but the sounds kind of were all over the place. So I, I kind of told them like uh, I'm going to work on this project and uh, do this for you uh, because uh, you can't have the sound like this. It's just not good. <laughs> Just straight up. So, yeah. So I came I came in and we sort of like found out that these sounds that already exist, like these, like say, fifteen sounds, they're the core of Owlboy. These are like, this is what Owlboy sounds like, and we just made everything else around that. Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. Which is a lot harder than it sounds, based yeah. on what I've done in the past. Oh yeah, you're a sound designer. Um, I'm I'm more of the music side of things, and funny enough, a lot of people when they hear that you do music, they assume that you do sounds as well. But from experience, it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a different art. Like I'm definitely a lot better with the music side of things than the sound design kind of things. Definitely a yeah. harder thing, in my opinion, the sound design. Yeah, no, it's I mean, for me, it's opposite. Like I'm I I, I do a lot of music, but I'm really. I can't really take any instruction on it because, like, I I do what I do and I don't know how to make whatever I do different. So if people mm-hmm. tell me like, "Hey, could you make this music less like this?" I can just like, I I have to start a new maybe or so I I keep, I keep to doing sound design. But I mean, yeah. it's it's like I think everyone's different, right? So mm-hmm. it's what's probably easier for you is harder for me. Yeah, it's just funny because it 
like I said, a lot of people assume that they're very similar kind of things, but I I wouldn't say that at all. I think they're very different. I think that there's a lot of things with music that uh, you wouldn't think about in sound design and the other way around as well, because from like from just listening to your sounds for something like Goner and things like that, uh, there's there's a lot of different thought process put into it because you're trying to you're trying to give things a feeling. So you're trying to give like jumping a certain feeling. You're trying to give like shooting a weapon a, a certain feeling, as opposed to trying to get something thematic. Like through music, it's more of the themes of the game and things like that, and trying to get them to feel something. Yeah, that's definitely like the the first game I ever did, like Among the Sleep. That was basically what we were trying to do. We're trying to kind of keep music away from the whole game as much as possible, and try, rather try to keep the ambiences do that. Which is, in a way, it's harder because you don't have those, you know, major for nice, minor for not so mm-hmm. nice. But uh, I think that being not like a very good uh, composer, I also realized that uh, if you have not so good music that can basically distract people because I think a lot of people after seeing so many films and playing so many games they have like this inbuilt sort of understanding for like oh they're trying kind of clumsily to make me feel anger or sorrow now Mm. but it doesn't work right because the music doesn't really quite capture it so instead of feeling what you want them to feel they get just kind of um they kind of get like uh, out of the experience, which is really yeah, bad. it's the opposite. I know exactly it, what you mean. I mean, it's very, it's very like much like do you know the Willem scream, right? Everyone knows the Willem scream now. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And it, and it's like in the beginning, it was like a very small joke, like a gag for a very few select people. But after the internet, now it's like everyone knows it, and they put it into every movie as like a gag. But just because of that, like I hear that, and I just immediately just stop enjoying the movie as much because mm-hmm. I like I, I get pulled out, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah. It's like, screen yeah it's almost like the it's almost like you have to put a lot more thought into how you're going to convey your emotions with music because there's so much media nowadays like between music itself just listening to albums and movies and games that these things have all been done so many times before that you really have to come up with a new way to convey those emotions or else it's just a it's just a cliche, and it's like, like you said with the Wilhelm scream. It's something that's been done so many times before that it, if you don't expand on it and be creative with it, it it just pulls you straight out of it, and you say, oh well, I remember that from this, so it doesn't really, you know, it's not very original here. Yeah, it's like I mean, everything is relative, of course. So it's definitely like a lot of places the Wilhelm scream you know have been used as like a cheek reference but mm-hmm. you've got to be aware that you know you put this in here you put this sound in here and most people will know what it is and have heard it before so it's like if you're just going to put it in a scene that should be like immersive it will be the opposite of immersive mm-hmm. uh, but yeah um so yeah with the Us sleep basically like we were i was just like i can't do music that can um, make people feel anything i think so let's instead try to build on the themes that that game is, which is about parental uh, neglect and uh, uh, how a kid sees a very har- uh, hurtful and bad situation domestically and how and basically taking a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, like a, a woman crying and kind of make that into more of an ambience so you can not really recognize that it's anyone crying anymore, but just kind of keep all these 
um, theme, themes in the ambience and sounds you would hear as the kid would experience it. Like you would see a monster, right? And it would be, that would be like a certain event that the kid would interpret in a different way because he didn't understand what was going on. So we built like all the ambience that would give you like the emotions uh, uh, from the real things that were happening. Uh, so that was like my attempt of doing, uh, um, yeah, the, the the music, but as ambience in a way. Right, right. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> that's, uh, the, that's so thoughtful, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there, were, there was an interesting game to work on because like, I never worked on a game before, so we tried everything. Like, I, I, I was holding a baby for five minutes while it was crying uh, to get a recording of a baby crying, which was not a good feeling, I could tell you that. Like, it felt horrible. <laughs> but, I mean, the baby was safe, and it was just, like, <laughs> a separation and anxiety from his mother. So, but, uh, no, I don't want to do that again. Interesting. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it was interesting, it's interesting with all boys, like... Um, it was a very cool process and very exciting to be a part of, just as actually with Gunner, because me and Dero and Yuar, which is the composer for Gunner, we all went to the D-pad uh, offices for uh, a few days to work during like the last uh, few months of development. Mm -hmm. And it was very, uh, it was very nice to sit side by side and sort of see how different they did things first, because they worked on this game for a long time and Gunner was actually made within a year, you know, so it was such a different kind of feeling uh, uh, of kind of, yeah, it's such a different feeling to work with, but I, th I think both games have a very high uh, level of uh, exciting things about it that I would, yeah, that would, I get excited about both these games. Mm. Um, but yeah, Gunner, you wanted to take you solely into uh, Sweden uh, and Gunner, so uh, let's talk about Gunner. It's a game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when when I was when I was first playing it, um, it took me a little while to realize, um, just because you 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 have to get good in order to really really notice this. Um, mm. And uh, I mean, not really a spoiler, but like if if you do if you do want like the full goner experience and kind of that aha moment. Because um, there's there's a lot of little aha moments where you just really notice um, design decisions that are just really good. Um, that there's like when when you get a streak going, and the streak gets higher, the music gets more intense. Mm. Um, you know, it's just everything builds up, and then when yeah. you lose your streak, there's that, and it's ah. <laughs> And everything gets quiet and calm again. Um, was that already in when you had when you had joined the team, or did you have some some input on kind of that whole like feeling of really really doing good and then messing up and just losing everything? <laughs> um, no, so I basically started this game because uh, I had been working on quite a few games before Gunner, and mm -hmm. like just a few things I get really tired of. And I need to be motivated to do good work, I feel. So, um, well, firstly, I met Ditto because I thought he was a different person. Like, I uh, I was tweeting to him <laughs> because I thought he was Takiori from Australia, who I did a game called Garden with, with him and Managor. Uh, 
And I was on my way to a Swedish uh, game festival, and I saw like this guy was like, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm traveling. Uh, like, I'm traveling finally to this uh, to Creative Coast, and uh, it's been a long journey." And I'm like, "What the fuck? You went from Australia? That's crazy. That's it." I mean, <laughs> but about to speed, like, "Oh my god, are we coming there? That's so cool!" And he's like, "Yeah, man, it's gonna be so cool to see you." And I'm like, "Yeah." And we tweet back and forth for like half an hour until I realized I have no idea who this guy is. Like, I really was like, <laughs> and that was Ditto. And we just like. Well, but it's a cool guy, so we just kind of hit it off. And about half a year later, because he was working on Planet Terror, which is a really cool game he's doing, uh, or on and off, uh, he was the, we'd be talking about that. But at late night one night, I was going home from a friend's place, and we were supposed to hang out, but he had been drinking pretty, like, uh, a little bit too much, so we actually fell asleep right after dinner. <laughs> so I, I leave his apartment, I'm kind of like, well, what the fuck, what am I going to do tonight? You know, I'm, wow. I'm bored. Check my Twitter and I see Ditto posting like first or second GIF of Gunner. Like I've, I've, I just like it was just on the newest thing I saw, and basically I don't know if you noticed, but all those tiles around you did generate and appear and disappear, right? Or sorry, can you so, that? There's all these kind of small tiles, like the ground is also always shaping around you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And in the beginning, those were really pronounced, and for me, it was just like <gasps> if I work on this. If, if I can work on this because I can put the sounds of moving on the tiles, which means not footstep sounds. Yes, yes. And I was so happy to like not make a footstep sound for anything that I, I tweeted at him like, hey, I'm going right home now. I'm making sounds with this. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a few weeks into development, I think maybe a month. And uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I got into Gunner around late October, I think. That, uh, that was how it started. Uh, so in answer to your question, uh, I was there before most things, like before the heads, before the guns, before before backpacks, before color changes. Like it was just like a, guy, a little a little dude jumping around with tiles around it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I I think those tweets um, got retweeted, and that's what originally had me uh, decide to follow Ditto. Um, yeah. So yeah, wow. Um, so I guess part two of that question, um, like how much input did you have on that, that design decision then? Um, was that something you came up with or the Ditto or another team member? Uh, about, uh, all of those, are you talking about all the design decisions we previously mentioned? Oh, the, uh, the, the ramping up of the uh, like intensity. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the ramping score. up intensity thing. Uh, yeah, so I think basically um, that was fairly short before release because we had the music in and it's been super good but uh, it's, I think like two weeks before we kind of just wanted to put in points to see what would happen if we put points in the game and that sort of brought into this like hey what if you get enough points uh, we can start just introducing fun things and if you kill a lot of things if you keep on racking up points you can sort of you can pitch up things and we can change colors and uh, so it kind of came out of this, uh, you're having a good streak going, we should mm -hmm. make that feel amazing. And suddenly, like, you know, the tiles start sort of waving around, and every time you have a kill, the color will change into a random different thing. The music will just, like, at some point, it will keep on increasing. At some point, it will just, like, go to half speed, so it's like... Yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's sort of like the super hexagon thing, you know? Like, if you ever play that this uh, is like a space at the end of super hexagon you can get to the end 
and it stops for, it stops messing around it stops trying to throw curveballs at you and just like go becomes white and black and basically trying to say like we will now break you you will survive some but after a while you will die <laughs> and we just like that like okay let's uh let's have this one point where it's just the music will show that you're, you're now at a very high level mm-hmm. and we're just waiting for you to to mess up and uh you know <laughs> not be able to go on anymore so that but that was super recent yeah we were sitting not long before release and getting that in and uh we actually since then we had a few updates on steam that basically had like uh, another few levels of um of a uh, combo and uh another layer of like a super combo music and stuff like that oh, wow so yeah, i, so I haven't even seen everything that there is to see then yeah it's 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 a it's a top level uh combo combo where it's just black and white so you can't even see what's enemies or what's a chest or it's just it's just us trying to hammer you into submission, <laughs> but very nicely so. Like I, I have a trouble with this game because every time the colors start changing, I'll I get so distracted because I think it looks so so fantastic. Like it's it basically like the visuals for me and the sound feel like candy, and that's that was like that mm. that is the aesthetic. So when it it's so distracted and stuff, and just like oh, I need to see this, I need to like look at all the cool colors changing and that's usually when I break combo. <laughs> yeah, um, there, every once in a while there's like a, a color palette that I get that's so good and it's like, oh, do do I hit F12 and take a screenshot and possibly mess it up? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going for it. <laughs> exactly. It's it's so hard, it's so hard because you know, I wish I could just like play like this forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny because like the, yeah, it's definitely literally like the the end game of Gunner as it is now was introduced like this is a let's just see if this is fun, but we don't know, so wow. it's super weird. I'm so glad that you guys decided to do that because it 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 adds a lot of suspense or not not suspense. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I I don't know. It's just uh, tension, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like a yeah, right? It's sort of like a resource management game. Suddenly, like you need to kill this guy there, but you can you gotta save him in case there's no p- person over the end of the screen. Then you can kill this person, and then you can jump up and kill the next person. Then. Yeah. And and it's not it's not every time you like if if you hurt an enemy, the the combo will you know stop going down. So you can like strategically really slowly jump on enemies or like jump between two of them. There's all, all sorts of crazy stuff there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's where the game shines when you when you sort of play the game long enough that you sort of like kind of start to understand a few things. Uh, suddenly, you feel like you're sort of in the know and you can oh, I see what's going on, and it's uh, it, it, that, that's where the magic starts for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or, or of course, any any time I reach Sally, to be honest, like that's also very magical. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We have at the end of the game, uh, or at least hidden somewhere in the end of the game, me and uh, you are the musician. We did like this little song where we're like, Sally, Sally, ooh, you are so <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> That's hidden somewhere in there. Oh, nice. I um, I recently just made it to the third boss. 
Oh, yeah. I picked it up for the first time in, like, two months, and somehow I got further than I had ever gone in my first run, which which is always weird. That That's how Luftrausers, I can't even say it, Luftrausers is for me. Is yeah. that, like, the first time I pick it up, I'm really good, and then after that, I'm garbage again. Um, but no, I've never gotten past the third world. Yeah. How, I mean, it, I don't know if, if it's spoiler-ish, but I, how many worlds are there? Um, there's four, or, I mean, I mean there's five if you look at, like, the dailies. Uh, but there's four different worlds, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, so you're close. And, I mean, the, the third world, I think, is way easier than the second world for me. Like, I, the second world, always, like, I die there. Like, if I don't die in the world, I'll die at the boss. It's just, it's really, like, I, yeah, I'll just die. I don't know why, but it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. But the the down the down world ish uh, with the colors and everything like as long as you have a lightning gun like a chain lightning gun it's uh it's very doable and then you just gotta run it, run as hell when uh, you get to the boss. Mm -hmm. And if you have the the head that makes it so you don't drop stuff like then yeah. then you're really yeah. prepared. If if you don't have that head then you can get yourself into some tricky situations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then again, like if you if you actually have. I mean, the good thing is, like, the, the enemies sort of leave you alone while you're down there, so you can, once you lost everything, you can just want to pick, pick, pick things up, and you actually have a few seconds to kind of plan, mm -hmm. which is, uh, I like that better than the Brickhead, but uh, I know a lot of people prefer Brickhead. Mm -hmm. Wait, what's it called? Uh, Brickhead, or like, uh, we just, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of weird eternal names, and we, they yeah, like, I mean, we, oh, of course, like, the, there's a head, like looks like a poop and it colors all of your the game brown and that's of course <laughs> called poop head but uh we have like a, a lot of strange names for and that doesn't really make sense other than you know temporary mm -hmm. yeah so yeah that's that's a good question like do you have any sort of kind of things you like names you think about when you see the different enemies is there anything you call them around without really uh, having read what they would be called um, I've never thought about that. Let me let me pull up a, a screenshot of Ganner and let, let me think about about names and then, and then we'll do. I like the guns, guns or heads or backpacks or you know. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see here. Hopefully this doesn't just pull up a bunch of screenshots of the title. Okay. Um, I don't know. Um, Maybe like the 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 guys that have the little propeller on top. I've always kind of thought propeller guys or uh, like helicopters. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, the little rolly bombs, just like rollers. What? I I don't know. Um, I you seem to call them. everything based on their like their function. <laughs> <laughs> But no, what I mean, are there internal names that we don't know about? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I suppose there has to be because you have to reference them somehow. Uh, yeah, we call like the the robot boss. We call him uh, uh, Old Goretto. <laughs> um, we call oh yeah. Um, I, I can actually say my favorite name, which is uh, the little you know the little robot that's like gets long legs and it just gets frantic and runs around when you shoot it. Oh yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, we call it chicken legs, like chicken, chicken legs. <laughs> and and uh, we, I have like a plushie of that at home over my bed. So every every morning I wake up, I see like little chicken legs. Oh, amazing. favorites. 
Uh, are there any pictures of that up online? Uh, any pictures? Mm-hmm. Uh, of the plush. Of the plush? Um... Yeah. I mean, there's somewhere on Twitter. I also have it on my phone. Right. Um, Martin Kvala Gunner. If I just search my name and pictures, that might be. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's a lot of... Oh, my God. I didn't know. All these pictures. <laughs> the All these pictures I never knew existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, it's really beautiful. It's, it was made actually by um, uh, Jules Royce, who's the, um, who works with the D-pad. Uh, she uh, makes oh. fantastic uh, plushies, so we hired her to make us a Sally and an Ick and, uh, and a chicken leg. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, nice. and, and, is that a D-pad, did you say? What's that? Um, who at D-pad? Uh, Jules Royce. Jules, okay. Sweet. So something I didn't notice. Something yeah. I didn't notice before was that this game actually got uh, excellence in audio at the Independent Games Festival. Yeah. So, I actually didn't notice that before. That's actually super exciting. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty um, surprising. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really know what to say to that other than. Uh, it came as a surprise, but I mean, <laughs> so the thing was, I, I think like for me, IGF was the top of what I could hope for. Like it's sort of been my, a goal of me to win an IGF, and to be honest, winning it on Gunner felt super, super, super sweet because, um, so there's three people in, working on the game, right? And it's Ditto, who's mm-hmm. the mastermind, who's the was the, the guy I would probably follow into anything uh, because he's, he's a genius sound designer and a super good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, game designer, I meant. And then there's Yuad, uh, who's a musician, who's uh, fantastic. His other music from Foreground set is great. And he, he just has a knack for uh, how to make, uh, create wonderful music. And Ditto did a lot of the sound implementation and uh, the systems for what we did and what we played with. So basically, the, of the three people, everyone was super involved with the sound. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, for me, it was just like I, I was so happy that you know this this game we could all we could all share this. We we all won this together instead of uh, winning, you know, like for another game where it's like yeah okay I I mean. It's that's not a team. It's always a team effort, but especially if everyone's been really involved with something, that feels super nice. So, I, I was, yeah, I, I definitely think right. that of all the games I worked on, this was like the one I was super happy one. Yeah, and I think it's easy for. I mean, Brett and I have worked on projects before um, where I've done some music and sound design things, and he's done some of the programming for it. So we both know, but I'm not sure everybody listening would know how much effort the programmers and the designers have to put into the sound design as well. Because just because they're not making the sound effects of the music doesn't mean they aren't involved with the sound design. Because in a lot of ways, they have to actually implement the ideas that the sound designer has. So. It definitely yeah. takes its own amount of work. Yeah, totally. Like uh, that's that's pretty much it. It's, it's sort of like if you were compared to music, uh, the implementation part, the coding part is the mixing. Mm-hmm. So uh, a sort of viewpoint I have regarding sound design and, uh, and music for games is like you can have the best assets you, you 
or the best composer as possible. But if you don't put them in thoughtfully, if you don't program them in with some thought and skill, then you might as well not. Like you can make mm -hmm. a average sounding, uh, average quality sounds be fantastic with the right implementation method. But mm -hmm. you can't uh, without a good implementation method. I think it could suddenly, yeah, it it wouldn't necessarily work. Yep, I know exactly mm -hmm. what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, on a similar note, like um, like I've worked with some artists uh, before, um, and some of them, you know, you don't really mesh with. But there's one in particular, um, that we basically just read each other's minds. Um, that like I I add stuff in code that he he th would think it would be a really good idea, and then sometimes he does stuff on his end that I've thought of. Um, and I've always wanted to find someone um, that like mesh meshed with me on that level of sound, but I, I it's probably just that I I'm not there on that level yet. Um, but have you had that? Like you you obviously had that experience with with Goner quite a bit. Um, mm. What other projects have you really felt that there was that like kind of mutual understanding and you guys are on the same wavelength? Um, well, so when I I work with a lot of different teams, um, but so the one so the one thing that sort of uh, keeps me really motivated with games or like just several of things is like you know I got to be interested in the project, but I also it's very interesting. Uh, important to me to work with people I like, and especially that you know, if if they know their things, if I if I kind of like think that these people are good at what they do, and I, then I can pretty much admire that. And so for me, it's also it's very in, important to be sort of vibing well with the team. Um, yeah, I like I want to like working with them. Uh, I, I want to, I want to sort of understand a bit how they work and how they think. So it's always very. I guess I always subconsciously or consciously look at kind of when I get into a new team, like how do they work uh, or how do they communicate? And because everyone is different, you know, it's like I never worked on a project with uh, where the teams have been even remotely similar. Uh, so it's just very, um, it, it's always an exciting thing to be in a project and sort of figure that out because, yeah, it's like, as you said, like if you have that vibe, if you sit with someone, like this game uh, I'm working on now, and uh, uh, unnamed. Like we don't have a name for it yet, but it's like a fantastic game. Uh, working with uh, two guys, Oscar and Richard from uh, Malmo. Uh, it's like a top-down Viking game, like oh, in yeah. a small island, basically. Uh, it's super, super, super cool, right? And mm -hmm. these the guys with, are like the uh, the little squads, and he's implemented all these behaviors to have them like move around uh, a 2D but 3D map. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's um, so so basically, that's probably like the newest project is started up with, and it's it's very very uh, good to work with because they're they're both just they're really good at what they do, and when I need some kind of things hooked up to something that is like a logic within the the game logic or like something graphically, mm -hmm. uh, they just instinctively know really well. Uh, what I need to hook, get hooked up and sort of how to do it well. So that's like a that's a good example of just uh, yeah th that's a team that I've very, very short 
uh, like we didn't, we didn't start working together for sorry I didn't start working I, did, I started pretty recently with a project mm -hmm. but it's it's vibes really well I feel so uh, uh, yeah that's it's definitely super good to have someone in uh, to work with and it's just like vibes well with the team uh, vibes well and it's it, it will go back and forth and amplify the design overall I think if everyone uh, understands how the other people are thinking and working and talking. Mm -hmm. nice. uh, yeah. I always feel to apologize every time I go on a, on a rant because I get really excited about things that I rant for a long time. So right now, so that one of those examples where I'm just like, I was talking for five minutes there. I should probably stop and ask if you guys are doing well and are you, <laughs> you're doing and stuff like that. Yep, I'm still doing well. Um, no, 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 no. Um, uh, I mean, we, we've had a few guests that have been like, oh, you know, I, I feel that I'm talking too much. And I, I say the same thing every time. Like, this is, this is your, this is your hour. This is your hour and a half to talk. So get your ideas out there. Cause, um, like pe people listening to this, this show hear hear me all the time and they hear Mike often, but this is the one time they're going to be able to hear mm. Martin. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, don't don't be afraid to go on rants. No, no, no I, I I don't really. It's more like I get the feeling I I seldom apologize, but I just felt like mentioning that I did feel like apologizing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like a meta apology, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no problem. But yeah, so with Gunner, um, we we did win the IGF. Uh, we were nominated alongside with uh, a few other fantastic games like um, Hyperlight Drifter uh, mm -hmm. Inside, which pretty amazing because Limbo was one of the games that made me want to go into game sound. Uh, oh, really? And yeah, the, the Flame and the Flood as well. And uh, uh, let me see now, just double checking that I didn't forget anyone because there were quite a few and they were all pretty amazing. Yeah, everything by David O'Reilly, which was also uh, insane. Like mm -hmm. that, that game, just everything in that game um, is pretty staggering. Well done. Uh, yeah, so we had we had a fantastic uh, uh, group of nominees, I find. So just being nominated up amongst those, to be honest, was pretty fantastic. Um, and then actually getting it. Yeah, that uh, that was actually it was a bit stupid, but like the moment we won, the first thing I thought of then was like. So the guy who makes worked on the inside in Limbo is called Martin, right? So yeah, mm -hmm. we have to have the same uh, first name. And uh, the year before, I was going to meet up with a sound designer uh, that I hadn't really met before. We were going to have lunch, but I forgot, and she mistook him for me. So she had lunch with him, thinking it was me for a while. Uh, so I, I really wanted want to kind of win, so I could make a joke like maybe they mistook me for you now. Ha 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 ha. But uh, so that was pretty much all I was thinking about but as we won. I'm like, oh, I should do that joke. I should really do that joke. Uh, but I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was a fantastic uh, yeah, thing to win with this game. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. ITF, that would uh, be so exciting. No, just out of curiosity. Oh, sorry, Mike? Just out of curiosity, just I'm looking around my room and I just looked at my Switch. I'm just wondering, do you actually have a Switch that you can play the game on? Because yeah, yeah, yeah I do. issues. I'm not sure how they are over there, but 
because in the in the U.S. right now, it's almost impossible to find a switch to to play on. So it's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. Um, it was like that because like the switch actually came out the third of March, right? Two days after mm-hmm. the IGF, I think. Yeah. So I was casually gonna go and buy as a thing like I think I came like half an hour after stores open just like sauntering in saying like hey I would like a switch system and they just laughed at me or something. <laughs> um, so yeah it's, it's easier to find in Norway I, I hear in Poland my friends tell me it's easy there um, but I bought one uh, as I was leaving the United States because I really wanted to like just sit down as the plane was taking off take out my switch and just like start playing Zelda you know the next yeah. console on the airplane that would uh so yeah i did that i bought it like a craigslist or something and it must be uh, great to have a game you worked on on the console i would love to have a game i worked on on switch that would be something else just a nintendo console just to have that feeling like all the history with nintendo and everything it'd be very cool i think oh yeah yeah for sure and the other thing is that it's so i mean it, it it's not leaning super heavy on it but it has so much potential to really bring back the the whole local multiplayer uh, couch co-op um, that games like Towerfall mm-hmm. have tried to, you know, kind of bring back. And, I mean, there, there's been tons of multiplayer, you know, local co-op games that have, that have come out in recent years. But I feel that um, with it, A, it's way more accessible now to do local co-op because you don't have to go buy extra controllers. It comes with two right out of the box, which no console has done in the last 10 years. Maybe even 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How long has it been? I think uh, I think the last console to come with two controllers off the top of my head was actually the Famicom in Japan. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that was the last one that didn't the PS1 come comes with two controllers. With two controllers. Uh, or, or maybe, maybe we just got another controller when we got our PS1. I don't know. I don't think it did off the top of my head. I didn't own a PS1 until later on. Uh, a PS1? Yeah, I was yeah. so young when it came out that I don't I don't remember getting it. I just remember having it. Yeah, yeah I think I think it came with one. I think it came with okay. one controller. Mm. Yeah, because my cause my dad got it for Christmas one year. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Crazy. PS. Yeah, we, like we didn't have anything. <laughs> I didn't have anything before Nintendo sixty four. Uh, but so that was my first console. Yeah, that was my first console was Dreamcast, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah I, I can imagine that luckily didn't have to buy many games for it yeah i mean i think quite a few of the games there were really good right and the, and the console itself it's sort of like what's happening in vr now that you know i think the htc vive is fantastic right but it's pretty it's more expensive than the others so it, that might be like isn't it always like the, the if it's a cheaper console that has more games that will win Sort of yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird because if you look at the Dreamcast in terms of how good the game were, there were so many good games on it. It's just that was it. Like there were just those games. And then you look at a console like PS One that was I think a hundred dollars cheaper than the Sega Saturn at the time, and even the N sixty four. And all the games came out for that for some reason. Like I know it sold really well, but I wonder if the price had something to do with that. Yeah, look, I, I literally have no idea because I, I have super little knowledge of this. But uh, yeah, it's sometimes 
sometimes the better option doesn't get uh, doesn't survive, even though it is the better option. And I think with Dreamcast, that's sort of like one of the really clear mm -hmm. examples of that, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so the making a game for Switch was, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like Ditto said in, uh, did a talk at, about porting and it's kind of said like, you know, who, who wouldn't want to be on the Switch? It, yeah. It's such a nice platform as well. Like it's just, uh, yeah, as I said, like when the plane lifted off and I started up Zelda and I kind of came out of the cave and that music started, I was just like, oh, this is, if this is the future, like I don't need my PS4 anymore. Like, you know, I, was, I got back home and I started playing Overwatch, which I absolutely adore. Played on the PS4 and I was getting up to get take the tram. And like a moment later, I was really bummed out that I couldn't just bring my PS4 like I did the, uh, the Switch. So it's it's interesting how much that's just changed what is a console for me, just for mm -hmm. the, the, the possibility of doing this. And it's funny because you look at the Wii U and in a lot of ways, other than the portability, it was a very similar console, it had very similar games, very similar specs. And just because of that portability, it feels so different. It's just a completely different console. Yeah. Yeah, they really yeah, switched it up this time. Yeah, I think like they basically made it feel very limber. Like the, the whole Switch it just, just looks and feels and like tastes almost. Yeah, like I mean, the cartridge is not the they taste like, pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's something about the the design of the whole console that just makes me just you can you know put it in, you can take it off, you can just detach, you can mm -hmm. it's it's actually it's very it just feels great doing that. And I had a, this weird thought that uh, I was suggesting to Dido we should write an article about how how Gunner actually was the perfect uh, analogy to switch because uh, you're it's like just like the switch you can just you know remove things from the console you can insert them again you can have different accessories and uh, that's just like the character in Gunner and it was like nah let's not write that article but it's a uh, <laughs> I still think it's a cool observation yeah um, just just introduce a switch head that's that's the uh, the little like dog character you know Oh, what people were drawn way back in the day. Oh, I thought we went to 4chan. Yeah, I I'm just pulling stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't hear I didn't hear the question or the comments. I'm sorry. Oh no no no. Um, what I was saying was, um, if if you wanted to if you wanted to do that article, what you'd have to do, is do you remember when the Switch was like first announced and there was. Um, you put the two controllers in that one controller, and it kind of looks like a dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you add a add a head to Goner. That's that's a little switch dog face. I think that was the first thing that Ditto did as well. Like we have we have a gif uh, that we put out when we announced the show uh, that mm -hmm. literally was that. Like it oh, was man. like this cute wow. controller dog. I'm surprised there hasn't been like more uh, games to have done something fun with that. Uh, because it looks so cute, like mm -hmm. as a dog lover, I was just like, oh, yeah. oh god, it's it's great. Yeah, it's they're gonna have to come out with the internet. ten dogs and just have have that as one of the like Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. have a switch dog in Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I we... do wonder when they'll start pulling some of their affordable friends over. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I'll send you the gift here. So obviously. Oh, for sure. Okay. I'm I'm not I a, like a more version, but a this Twitch was... stream master yet, so 
I I won't pull it up on, <laughs> but I'll put it in chat for anybody who who wants to check it out. Oh, yeah. right, it's a file. Okay. Yeah, it's GIF. The GIF. Wait, GIF, GIF, GIF. Oh, I prefer uh, YIF. <laughs> oh, look at that! Oh, that's super. I cute. love the. Uh oh, did I lose you guys? Oh no, no, I, okay. I, yeah, we lost each other, but I'm back. <laughs> All right, no, it just got really silent there. I was like, oh man, I think internet's internet's out. Yeah, the. I don't know. Just yeah, my internet's been got off. Yeah. Oh, we had enough technical I... issues before the stream. Like, don't need any during the stream. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Let's not have that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Mike. Um, how are we, how are we doing on your list? Mike? Um, oh, no. you know, I just have a few Mike. little comments about... I thought we lost Mike, so mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're there. That's good. good. Oh, yeah, it, my internet might be awful. I, I just have a few little, like, comments about the sound design, like, how the good usage of really visceral sound, like, like, the usage of... And very like I guess that's the best way to put it is poppy poppy okay how it really like in your ears it, it gives you this feeling it gives you this feeling in your ears yeah you're cutting out yeah. a lot Mike yeah you, you are but you said poppy and I, I kind of agree that but uh, yeah poppy or uh, I just see it as candy you know like oral candy you just uh, not oral as in mouth, but mm, oral. Yeah, that's egg. another good way to put it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like uh, we just put so much small details in it, that, uh, and they're all sort of selected because they felt good rather than they, you know, were a realistic representation of what we needed them for. Mm -hmm. So the process itself was actually I was doing this. Um, I mean, do we have the sound file? Like you guys had a sound file. Can we play that? Oh, the the little yeah, little that you sent yeah. A little, uh, what's the, what you might call it, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm going to let it rip. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Like, noises. All sorts of noises. Yeah, thanks for sending that over. Like that, We, we found a way to put it in the show. We did it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right, so yeah, for, for those who hear, hear that, like it's... Basically, like, that would be typically what I would send data would be like something like a hundred files like that, just titled everything from probably gun sounds to um, to don't use this sound, please, 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 or death <laughs> or loops to confuse, snake transport, new death, juice, death speak, uh, yeah, beat enemy fly, I'm just reading a few. Oh, yeah, this is my favorite name. Um, SFX slash small detailed randomized sound one to twelve. <laughs> this, yeah, or death death speaking. <laughs> so yeah, basically, I, I would send you know like a hundred of these each time I sent him something, and you know we would typically just need five or maybe four because game dev takes time. And I would just say I I, I did make like a hundred sounds. Uh, could could you could I mean we, we should use a lot of these sounds. Could, could we find some, something to use them for? 
and uh, and he would and I would just kind of step back and let him do his thing because Ditto has he has a really good knack for sound and um, he would sort of select everything from that and um, I think I'd say like one of one in three of those were perfect uh, one in three we iterated on and one in three we tried something else. Mm-hmm. But that's basically a very good thing. Like if one in three sounds just automatically just works really well off the bat, that's oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, are there any any sounds or any any spots where you wanted to put sound that um, either just didn't work out or weren't implemented? Um, well, I mean, no. I think everything pretty much worked. Got together really fast once we started doing things. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only sounds we actively cut was um, at the fourth world. Every world is, is a spoiler, has like a different kind of uh, theme, mm-hmm. and uh, because of that, um, I made like a little splash sound per uh, world. So like for each of those four, four worlds in the last uh, worlds uh, levels in the last world, they all had like this little different introduction motif. So we cut them at some point because they, it was okay, but like, they didn't really need it. We felt, but everything else is like in. I think, yeah. I mean, most things are in. We even like, <laughs> if you go into the sound menu, you have an option to disable jumping sounds, like wall jumping sounds, uh, which is a really weird little function to have. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Why not? Mm-hmm. Wait. There, there are wall jump. Yeah, there are wall jumping sounds. Yeah, in the yeah. Final, right? But you can disable it if you don't like it. Oh, you can disable it if you don't like it. Okay, I thought you said yeah. that you disabled it. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure they're they're there. Oh, that's, yeah. That's interesting. That's just yeah. under the sounds menu. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, let me just pull up a switch right now because I can do that because this switch is just possible to just take off like that. Oh uh, wait. Uh, just to narrate what I'm doing, I was trying to put take off the switch with my bad hand, which I just almost broke. Oh. Really well. Oh yeah, uh, I saw some pictures of that. What? Everything yeah. okay? Yeah, it's fine. Like it's not broken, but it's kind of messed up a bit. So, I mean, I can tie my shoelaces at this point, but not too much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me just start this game. Gunner. I was about to ask you, like, what was the game called again? I was gonna check out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, it's just uh, this game. It, it was this IGF nominee. Uh... Yeah, there will be like a new... Uh... Oh god, no. So, we have this in a lot of lang- languages, and I'm having it yes. in Norwegian right now. And I did the translation, and it was a really bad translation. <laughs> I, uh, friends of mine were, look- were playing this game and just laughing, like, who did this? <laughs> like, I did. What? Why? Like it's just yeah, it's just really bad. Name. Okay, settings, uh, game related uh, sound. There you go. Yeah, sound. Yeah, sound. Uh, uh, wall sounds on off. Oh, wall sounds. Okay. Oh, you know what? Uh, this is probably not the jump sound. I was I was wrong. I was remembering wrong. This is just like the sound of tiles generating around you. I think. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'm actually, yeah, if if anyone cares, you should definitely check out what it is, because (laughs) I was curious myself for a moment now. Uh, Yeah, but such a good... I mean, that's the best thing about this game, I think, for me, is just 
uh, I didn't, you know, anyway burn out on it in a way that I got tired of it, right? So mm -hmm. with this and Hidden Folks, I think both two, both those two games was very much fun to work with because at the end of the line where the game came out, I was just like, I enjoy playing this game. I enjoy uh, reading about this game. I enjoy, uh, yeah, just seeing other people play the game. Whereas with like games like Among the Sleep, which was the first game, I didn't really know how to pace myself, so I kind of burnt out on it. So, I mean, the first like weeks of watching reviews, I would think people were really, really stupid if they said anything good about the sound because I was like hating it so much. <laughs> but with Gunner, it's just like I really just liked everything that got it the game, and uh, just felt really healthy in the end. Have either of you experienced that, by the way, like working on a game or like working yourself to this point where you just really don't like what you do anymore? Yeah, often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if, yeah, I think that always happens on a, a project if you work on it long enough, no matter how, how good it is. But yeah. at the end of the day, when you release it, like you can always kind of see maybe the, the good in it still. Especially when you've yeah. had some distance. Mm, yeah. If it's, uh, it's a trick to uh, be able to do this. Mm -hmm. To actually be healthy about it. Um, but and I, I'm, I don't think I can always get the luxury of having a game that you sort of just end, end up enjoying even though you're done with it as much. But mm -hmm. I think that's sort of one of Dato's strengths. Like, uh, for me, he's a very, very good person to work with as uh like it's a fun process all the way although i don't i know it's not the best for him all the time because he also has to do a lot of things uh like i can do the fun things and play things and come up with comments but i can't you know go in and write a new algorithm for how uh, the tiles regenerates mm -hmm. that's uh, so i think that's definitely harder on him than me but then again, he's so fast. I mean, oh my god, like, this is like, this is Gunner. Um, this was the Gunner production. I, I would be out in town, uh, and at some point I'd just tell, tell him, like, send him a message, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Chicken Legs, when you shot him, he would just panic, start running around and spawning emojis, and Dido was just like, huh. He, he just wrote, huh. And five minutes later, he just sends me a picture of a tweet, of a gif, which just works perfectly. So literally, he just, <laughs> and I, I've never seen that. Like, I, I didn't know you could just do something like that without like days of trial and error. And mm. he, he just nailed it spot on. Boom. Just, uh, that was exactly what you had seen, right? Too, in your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I think like if I gave, if we agreed on like an idea, he would, whatever he would post that that I would suggest, uh, it just. The, immediately felt exactly the way it should feel. Nice. That's... Probably he will say, like, I spent two more months iterating it that I didn't notice, but, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's a really good workflow to be in. Um, mm. that's, that's impressive. Um, uh, yeah? Yeah, no, I, I was done. Oh, okay. Um, you brought up languages uh, a couple minutes ago. And um, I, I'm really interested in languages, um, mainly from like a linguistic, you know, side, 
you know, studying them and seeing how they, they relate to each other. Um, yeah. I've been studying Swedish for a year and a half. Um, so, similar to... But, um... Wait, you studied Swedish, you say? Swedish, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, so, I mean, Swedish and Norwegian are very close. Mm -hmm. uh, me and Ditto, we, we can communicate in Swedish and Norwegian. Uh, sorry, Swedish <laughs> and Norwegian. But uh, it just feels really weird with him for some reason. I don't know why. I have other Swedish friends that we talk uh, like uh, our languages, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think when you're doing development, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Gunner, the same. The word gunner is actually from uh, Norway. It's um, it's kind of an 80s term for a handgun. But you know, like imagine like a cheesy uh, Scandinavian 80s movie, right? Yeah. And this guy is just like pulls up a gun. And this teenager in the movies is like, watch out, he has a gun. You know, that, that's the kind of situation you would hear it in. It's like, Posta, I'm not in gunner. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's that's actually the way to say gunner is like, gunner. Okay. That's the uh, proper way to say <laughs> the game title. So, like, yeah. uh, decline it and then uh, bring it up and pitch again? Gunner. Uh, gunner. Okay. Yeah. But you guys say it like with an 80s kind of sense of over-dramatization, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you were saying about languages. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the language thing in Ghanar, absolutely love that. Um, the other co-host that we have, uh, Ian, he's been learning German for about the same length of time. We both got into it at the same time. Um, and we both play Ghanar um, in those other languages. And it's, it's really yeah. cool going through the menus and recognizing words and other words it's just kind of like no idea what it is but you have a vague idea of what it is um yeah uh and then where where i wanted to take this though um was what what languages do you like listening to even if you don't understand them what's what language or languages sound the best to your ear as a sound designer oh that's a good that's a good that's that 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 question right there, my friend. That's uh -huh. a very good question. That's that's <laughs> goes, that goes in the book. That goes in my book uh, of good questions. Um, it's off the bat. Like I I love Finnish swearing. Uh, I like listening to Japanese. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm very fond of uh, Norwegian dialects. There's a lot of very interesting dialects in Norway because after the Black Plague in uh -huh. 13 something. Uh, Norway was kind of decimated and just kind of lost all power because uh, it's very hilly and mountainous country, right? Yeah. Uh, so you basically had like these small valleys that didn't see anyone for like a few hundred years uh, with all the problems that dealt with. But the, the good thing that came with was suddenly like there was this very uh, uh, interesting dialects that started popping up. And, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of cool Norwegian dialects. Uh, otherwise... I mean, I, I, I like French uh, as, as of that. Uh, I studied it for a few years so I can read it. Okay, but mm -hmm. um, the language is like, there is definitely, I mean, I'm fascinated by languages like the, the, like the South, the, the, in South Africa, not the country, but like that area there's like this kind of popping and clicking name like uh oh, language yeah, um, like yeah the clicking like that. language what, what's the name yeah of it? i i have no idea but like something like 
these things are very interesting and it's usually the idioc idiocracies like idio is that the right word idiocracy idiosyncrasies mm -hmm. uh it's just uh, basically like the small things that stick it apart which makes me really interested in it so like if you go to sweden uh since you, you studied it it's very they have a very interesting little uh thing that they do that i thought was thick up until very recently which basically if they agree to something it's like a oh yeah that's like the way of saying yeah and it took me like the longest time to um notice or even think about it that was actually like an agreeing sound i just thought like my friend had like this uh nervous stick or something but i think that's a very uh cool thing to have like a little sound <laughs> yeah um i saw a youtube video of that uh, a while back it, it was linked it was recommended video like strange swedish sound and i was like okay what's this um <laughs> but yeah it, it makes you think like what what other small little things do languages have that just don't exist in most or or exist in yours oh i have an interesting thing that exists in yours well at least i know it's very common in australia but uh -huh. um i think it's also it's, it's like a tendency uh to insert an r if you're speaking like a sentence and uh, you have a word that ends in an A and then the next word starts with like a consonant. Uh, it's quite you commonly to insert like an R in there, like uh, Australia or like idea or something like that. So you have like this ghost R that most uh, people that use it and when they do, they don't really notice it, but mm -hmm. it's very interesting to hear every time it happens. Like I, I, that's one of the things that really fascinate me with the English language. Like this one little extra R you have in some words and you don't even know it. Yeah. Uh, I can think of like some, some British, you know, kind of accents that do that in movies sometimes, but wow, I'm going to have to look for that next time. Next time I listen to uh, Australian. Yeah. Dialects. Huh. But I, uh, it's, I read about it because every time I pointed it out to someone, they were just like, nah, mate, no, you know, uh, we don't do that. But it's it's actually a thing and it's been researched on. It's, uh, um, but yeah, like, I, of course, I, I think I like Japanese, but then again, I'm totally biased because I, I super love Studio Ghibli movies. And uh, mm, yeah. uh, so it's hard mm. not to like it. And, and of course, oh yeah, okay, Korean is a good example because they have this super cool thing when they're kind of, uh, intense, you know, you, if you've ever seen like the old boy or Lady Vengeance or those movies, you have like this, no, no, you know, like the insistent, long drawn out wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, um, yeah, but when it's like, when it's like a intense conversation, just dragging out like, whoa, like, I, I'm not even sure, like, uh, if that's one word or if like that means exclamation point or anything, but. It's it's very fascinating and it sounds it sounds interesting when they do that. Wow. Yeah, no, there's uh now I really wanna just like talk about languages forever. But <laughs> it's it's a lot of cool sound design and musicality in languages, at least. Yeah. Like it everyone jokes about Norwegian being like a sing songy language, you know. So uh it's uh, which I can't hear myself because uh, I speak it uh, naturally, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think if you look at Scandinavia, you have Finland, which sounds like a Gatlingan. It's like, 
a lot of like double consonants like very flat whereas in Norway it's more like uh, jeg heter Martin, jeg kommer fra Norge uh, jeg bor i Oslo og akkurat nå sitter jeg i Sandefjord og koser meg her you know, like that's, that, that's an ordinary way to speak in Norway and it's very musical I think um, yeah. yeah personally I hear it a lot less in Norwegian than I do Swedish um, yeah but that just might be like a dialect accent thing um, yeah. rather than like the actual language but it's possible yeah. Swedish is a nice language, though. Um, it's a what? But uh, Swedish is a really nice language, though. Mm-hmm. I like it. N- not Danish, though. <laughs> I, no, I love Danish. I, 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 <laughs> I, uh, I just had to basic... say that because uh, um, this drunk Dane's in the chat, and uh, I, I like giving him a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's basically Norwegian with a potato in their mouth. You can say that. It's like... It's mm-hmm. like... Uh, <laughs> It's it's a degraded Norwegian. Oh, Mike's internet is garbage. It's official, is he the one doing the streaming? Yeah, I feel like when I talk. No, no, Brett's doing the streaming. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm doing the streaming. Don't, don't worry. Yeah, Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, you were saying you feel like when you talk, it sort of does things. Uh, that that might be the example actually is that when, yeah. when I talk and then just nothing comes out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, it's not this connection. Maybe he just chokes. You know, like yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's a it's a vocal tip thing. I I start. <laughs> <laughs> See, I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, a, a last note about languages, which is quite interesting, is of course speaking English as my second tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do notice that uh, basically speaking is a different language if you're fluent at it. I, I do believe that uh, either from the language or like maybe the person you were when you learned it or something like that, it uh, you, you do sometimes act like a very different person. Uh, and I, I do think like for me, for English, I was based differently. I was living as like a 23-year-old student in Australia, which was a really different thing than more, my, my mother's tongue. So I think I'm more shy and more like slow talking. Whereas in English, I'm quite um, outspoken and uh, uh, babbly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting thing when it comes to uh, languages and personality, I think. Because, I mean, language is nothing more than, you know, all these definitions and concepts centered around uh, words, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you if you know two languages, you will notice that a word can be sort of translated, but depending on the um, the setting, uh, you'd have to replace it for another word. Like mm-hmm. for instance, in Norway, we have two two words that sort of replaces the word love. So, like if if I have like a wife or like or my girlfriend, I would say to her like, uh, "I love you" in a different way than if I said, told my mom, I love you. But in English, this is like all love, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's very... Uh, what I, are the two I, words, out of curiosity? Um, so like the... Uh, you have the uh, adglai, which is more similar to like, I am fond of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, it, it's, more, it's used as, I love you, as an intimate gesture. I'm fond of you sounds like, you know, Victorian-less uh, something. Mm-hmm. And then you have, uh, yeah, Ilskadai. 
mm-hmm. when you say yeah it's good I that's like I mean my first girlfriend she she was so happy in this moment that she said it and then she <laughs> she started crying because she's like no no I wasn't gonna say it now it was it's too soon it's too soon <laughs> so it's, um so yeah it's uh it's a pretty strong uh word I'm is kind of like the it's a safe word Whereas uh, it's a lot of uh, responsibility following that word, I feel, or at least uh, commitment and everything like that. I got you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot about languages. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're wondering about uh, game audio? About about what? Uh, game audio. Oh, game audio. I, I thought you said the game something, and I was like, I don't remember springing up that one. Um... <laughs> Uh, not not particularly. Um, I think we ca- kind of covered all of our bases. Um, yeah. Got a got a good chat. You see, you, you yeah. were thinking that you you don't speak as as well as Goner or as as well as Ditto. I mean, and you did fine, dude. You did great. So. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like uh, you can just actually like if if you want, you can just like copy his answers in instead of mine for the save for saved broadcast and. <laughs> If you're not happy with some of what I said, this is a Scandinavian joke. I didn't I really mean this. So mm. leave Ditto away from this. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Um, yeah, so, oh, we, we lost Mike again. Yeah. But, um, Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, so I think we're going <laughs> to we're gonna sort of wrap it up now. Um, we're hitting the, the hour and a half mark, so it's usually where we decide to start wrapping, or... What's uh, taking things down? That's, that's <laughs> the expression. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, so, as as natural, unless unless Mike, you've got anything else you want to say? No, no. Okay. So what what is the advice, or what do you what do you have to say to anybody that wants to do sound design or or work with others? You know, doing the the sound component of a game. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, open Unity. If you never opened Unity or Game Maker and try to follow a few tutorials, just kind of at some basic point have an understanding of what implementation and coding is. I mean, that basically takes you like a few hours to sort of get like a peak, right? You don't mm-hmm. at, at all understand it, but it's enough to kind of start understanding it. And uh, I mean, this, this went well for me because I'm also hyper-social at times. But I went to a lot of uh, conventions and, uh, uh, and and the like meetings. And I went to a lot of game jams. And through that has been where I met most of the people I work with today. Usually, like, if you go to GDC, which mm-hmm. is in San Francisco the year, uh, that's where I meet new friends or MAs in uh, Berlin, which is, like, a fantastic uh, festival where game meets art. Uh, and I feel like at these places, at least, I can go as a, uh, not really to sell myself, but to have a good time. And if you have a good time and you like what you do, uh, I think that's enables you at least to meet people and uh, figure out if you like them or not. And then suddenly maybe you find out you like working with these people as well, or you jam together and find out that that works well. I mean, I, I don't expect to work with everyone I meet, but uh, it, I do notice that by going around and just, being interested in people I meet and uh, talking to strangers, uh, a lot of good has come out of that. Like Gunner came out of uh, me thinking that it was someone else and just 
instead of doing the Scandinavian thing and just thinking it was awkward and ignoring each other for a year, we just uh -huh. struck up a friendship. So I think, yeah, being social is important, especially, I mean, if you do audio, it's also like the fact that mo the fewest studios have a full-time audio engineer, which means that you, you got to be prepared to at least uh, have a few projects going on, which means you should know a few people unless you want to work for a AAA company, right? there you have it yeah so, but good luck for everyone everyone who wants to though and if anyone that listens to this has a questions about anything about game jams or if they're doing a game and want me to check it out or doing like yeah if, if they're done doing their first game audio thing and want feedback please get in touch with me on uh, martin koala on twitter or gmail like i'm always up for answering uh, people who want to start out or want feedback on projects or anything like that. That's super cool. All right. And uh, Twitter will be linked um, both in the chat clip, which I'll yes. do quick. And then it'll also be on the website, uh, which, you know, indiefunction.com slash broadcast82. Yeah. Oh, hey, and thanks so much for having me. I mean, yeah, hell, for this, this was super thanks nice. Thanks so much for com coming on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, let's have a beer sometime. Let's uh, go to the park and have a beer or something uh, next time we're in the same city. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening in to broadcast number 82 of Indie Radio. Indie Radio is broadcasted live with 1,000 mics and recorded using Dusty. If you enjoy the show and are interested in more, you can visit our archive at IndieFunction.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. Our next show will be on August 5th. Thank you again for listening in to Indie Radio, and we hope you have a fantastic weekend.